Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Uncomfortable Moments podcast. I am super excited to be sharing with you today a topic that is close to my heart and that is how to overcome the fear of public speaking, especially if you're someone who identifies as an introvert, shy or uncomfortable in front of an audience. So whether it's presenting in front of colleagues at work or maybe posting a video on social media or if you want to challenge yourself speaking at a conference, public speaking has become an increasingly important skill in the modern workplace and also if you own your own business. Last week I spoke on a panel in front of about 70 people and this may seem like a lot if you don't have much experience public speaking or may not seem like a lot depending on where you're coming from. But for me personally that was probably one of the largest audiences that I had ever addressed and it was actually full of people from the tech industry, people about whose opinion I cared about and so it was really important for me to actually do well. And so I started taking notes of what went through my head before I signed up to do the public speaking and in the week preparing for that. Then during the day of the event, how I actually calmed myself, what happened during it and also how I celebrated after. And so today I really want to share with you my experience of that and also the tips and tricks that really have helped me to be able to face a crowd as someone who was definitely on the introverted, extremely uncomfortable and shy side. Just to give you a background of how bad it was when it came to public speaking, I had been asked as a child to speak in front of the entire school because I was a top student and they wanted me to address about a thousand people. I don't know how this sounds to you, but it gave me a couple of sleepless nights and I used to stutter a little bit. So that just gave me like the extra anxiety of I'm going to embarrass myself in front of all of these people. I genuinely don't remember what happened. I mean, it must have been not terrible, but also it wasn't great because I never really got asked to do it again. It was a very nerve-wracking experience. I just remember the panic and anxiety of going and feeling my legs shaking and having to speak in front of so many people. Since then, I moved to the UK and I started realizing that speaking in front of an audience, whether it's addressing your classmates or anywhere else, is a really important skill. And so I decided to challenge myself and finally learn how to do that. I became a class representative, so started addressing my cohort and it was extremely, extremely uncomfortable, but I started bit by bit to build my confidence to say certain things. Then I took on every opportunity to become better at that. So I signed myself up to lead those open day tours. Again, that required me to speak in front of maybe 30 students. Then I became a tutor. And again, I would go to the lecture and say, hey, like, this is something we can do better. And they said, well, actually, do you want to deliver a lecture on that? And I said, maybe not. Uh, but I still did it. And I really, really loved it. And so there was always this kind of dichotomy that was really hard for me to understand because on the one hand, I really, really hated the panic and the anxiety that came with, I have to speak in front of other people. But also I really enjoyed the experience of sharing my knowledge, sharing my stories, my experience with other people. And then having someone come to me and say, hey, like that was really helpful. I really enjoyed that. So I wanted to do more of it, but I was also really terrified of doing it. So over the past year and a half, I've been leading sessions over Zoom. And so I've become increasingly more and more comfortable with facing people on Zoom. And I kind of feel like I'm okay 
talking about a certain topic. It still gives me anxiety, but it's much more manageable than speaking in front of an audience. And that is because in a way on Zoom, I can always pretend like there was bad internet and just like drop if something goes really, really bad. But if you are in a room full of people or you're facing someone at a conference, you can't just run away really, right? So I find it a lot more uncomfortable being in the space with other people because I can genuinely feel that people are actually looking at me. So for me, that was definitely a challenge speaking on a real panel in front of 70 real human beings. So why the heck did I sign myself up for it? I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you see something and you're like, I really want to do this. And you're like, heck yes, this is the right thing. And then you straight away are overcome by a wave of fear. But that's exactly what happened with me. And so I've really learned to sign myself up to things before I can back out. And so I just said to the person organizing the panel, yes, I want to do it. And allowed myself to feel the fear afterwards and started panicking a little bit, but I had already committed. And so that really, really helped me to at least know that this is an opportunity and I need to learn how to do it. So when it comes to public speaking, finding your why is extremely important because let's be honest, unless you do that for a living, public speaking is uncomfortable. And so you need to give yourself a really good reason why you're putting yourself through that discomfort. And so your why needs to be personal. It can't be just because you want to impress people, right? Like it needs to be something that is important to you. And so maybe for you, it's all about um, addressing and reaching more people. Maybe it's about sharing your ideas and getting more people on board with something. Maybe you're really passionate about a topic or a cause and you want more people to hear it or something else. You have to find your why. So when I was asked about why is public speaking important to me, that was actually one of the questions on the panel. The answer that I gave is that I want to amplify my impact. And no matter how many people I meet one-on-one, in person, or even in groups, I would probably be able to reach hundreds, maybe thousand people in my entire life. And that's amazing. But I can't actually go and speak to 100,000 people. And this is where public speaking and addressing more people and even more than that, recording certain things and sharing them asynchronously can really, really help. I even shared a story about when I left my PhD or when I was thinking actually about leaving my PhD, I started listening to podcasts and trying to find people who have had the same experience and truly there wasn't much, but there were still people that were sharing about quitting their jobs and I found that content really, really helpful. So when I finally decided to leave my PhD, I decided that I'm actually going to record my experience because maybe somewhere there's going to be like one person who is going through the same thing and they need to hear what that's like, at least my story, my experience. And so I recorded that video. It's not a great video, but it was my raw and honest thoughts about that experience. And today that video has been watched maybe by about 4,000 people. And lots of them have left me comments, which has been amazing because I've never met any single person from that group that have watched it. But what was actually quite funny for me, we actually had someone on a group that I was working with in my workplace. And that person actually, after starting the program, looked me up, watched that video and said, oh my gosh, really? Like I had exactly the same experience. I also had to quit my PhD and they said it felt very validating. And so it's weird sometimes that like people will find you through that experience and people would connect to your story, even if it's like three or four years later. 
The reason why I do public speaking is because you never really know who is listening on the other side. There may be one person that needs to hear something that I'm about to share and I always do it for that. Like I always think about like there may be that one person like past version of me who is listening to a podcast, listening to a talk, listening to a video and that's why I'm doing it because you never know who is coming. So once you've identified your why, and that was the thing that truly helped me to push myself to actually do it and go through the ridiculousness of the fear. The second thing that really, really helped me during that week when I was preparing for the panel talk was actually working with my brain rather than against it. And there are a lot of things that hold people back. But basically, the most important thing to understand is that if your brain is freaking out before something like public speaking... It is just doing its job to protect you and it's working perfectly fine. So why does this happen? Well, you can imagine going back in time, right? That any situation that was unfamiliar, whether that was going to a new place that you didn't know, exploring a new territory or meeting people that you were not familiar with, all of that was potentially dangerous, right? And so the brain really learned that any unfamiliar food situation person can potentially hold danger. And so it tries to hold you back from going out there and exploring and doing those new things because they could literally kill you, like you could meet a tiger and die. And so the brain evolved as as this protection machine that is basically equating the unfamiliar with something really dangerous and scary. And so it is pretty much impossible for your brain to not fear something that is unfamiliar. It is super normal, again, as I said, unless you do public speaking for a living and you're super familiar with what to expect, then maybe you will have very, very low level of anxiety, maybe anticipation and that's it. But for normal people who don't do that on a daily basis, public speaking is unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. It's something that your brain doesn't exactly know what to expect from. And so the normal reaction is to worry. And so, first of all, what the brain does is going to bring you all of the worst case scenarios that can happen. So whatever that looks for you, maybe it's about panicking and not being able to say anything. Maybe it's about running away from the room. Maybe it's about crying. Maybe it's about passing out. Again, your brain will picture the worst case scenario for you. But it's literally doing its job to try to protect you. And if you decide to do some of the things I'm sharing in this episode, some of the tools, then you're probably going to be okay with the mindset part. So you're going to actually do it. Then it's going to start to give you a very physical reaction, right? That's the next level of defense. So what it does is basically it's going to give you all of those like fears and shakes, like you're going to get sweaty palms, maybe heart palpitations, maybe you're going to be very jittery, right? All of those things happen, right? Because your brain is literally designed to try to prevent you from doing scary, unfamiliar things. So just understanding that really, really helped me to say, hey, actually, my brain is working normally. And so that is all good. Just understanding that gave me a lot of relief. Now, how else do you actually work with your brain? Something that I found really helpful, again, is understanding that the brain is designed to worry. So let's not try to completely kill that, but let's refocus what you're actually worried about. 
And this is one of my favorite exercises. I call it the can control, can't control. So all you need to do is take a sheet of paper, draw a line in the middle, and on one side, put things that are in your control, things that are internal that you can influence, that you can take action on. And on the other side, you put all of the things that are external, things you can't actually control. So in the case of public speaking, I decided to do that list. And I realized that a lot of the things I was actually worried about were external. So for example, I was really worried what people would think of me. And as much as I would like to be a mind controller and kind of make everyone like me, I can't do that, right? I can't physically go and make someone like me and formulate their thoughts about me. Another thing I was worried was whether, again, like what I share is going to be valuable. And that's not in my control. What's in my control is actually being prepared, knowing the questions, arriving on time, doing some of the tips to actually calm myself down so that I can at least express myself. But there are so many things that are outside of your control, like what questions the audience asks you. Not in your control. But can you actually research the top five questions on the topic and be prepared? Yes. Can you have an answer of, I don't know, but I'll check with you later on? Yes. Focus on the things that you can actually control and worry about those. If you had to worry about something, you better worry about the things that you can actually influence. And so my philosophy is always that if I'm doing my part, I let the other side do their part. So if I'm preparing my talk, if I am focusing on helping other people understand something, if I'm preparing myself for some basic questions, if I arrive on time, if I'm calm, this is all I can really do. I can't control the weather, I can't control the news, I can't control the economy and what's happening in the outside world, I can't control whether people like me or not, I can't control their mood, I can't control their questions. And so I decide not to worry because no matter how much I worry, I won't actually be able to influence that. And so this exercise really helps me to put things into perspective. And so I tell myself, okay, if I actually need to worry, let's focus on those things that I can actually change. So those two things were really about understanding what's maybe holding you back and what's happening in your brain. The next few things are really the more practical things that I use to calm myself down before a panel, before a conference talk, before any sort of public event. And I also use those things before interviews, before meeting new people, going to uncomfortable situations, just anywhere, to be honest. These are really, really practical and applicable in more than one situation. So my first step for managing your state before a public speaking event is to tell yourself a better story. Look at your physical symptoms, whether that is uh, your heart is pounding and racing, your palms are sweating, you're a bit jittery. These are symptoms of anxiety and nervousness, right? But also these are symptoms of excitement, of anticipation. If you think about it, fear and excitement have the same physical symptoms, the same physical manifestation. And so, yes, you can tell yourself, oh my gosh, I must be so nervous, look at me. Or you can tell yourself, oh, look at me, I must be excited, that's why I'm feeling like this. Your brain will believe whatever story you tell it. So if the thought of I'm really nervous, I'm really anxious makes you feel good, keep on thinking it. 
I know for myself it definitely doesn't make me feel good. And so I choose to think a better thought, which is, oh, well, I must be excited. I'm really, really excited to give this talk. And again, that really helps me to explain to my brain what's going on. We're a meaning-making machine, so tell yourself a better story. The second thing that I do, and I start doing this as soon as I know that I'm going to be speaking somewhere, is actually doing a visualization. Your brain doesn't really know the difference between reality and imagined reality. And so again, you can try to implant false memories and practice something that hasn't even actually happened. So right now, if you think about public speaking, what do you picture? I know for myself, my brain used to run into, I'm just going to go out of breath and not be able to say anything and feel extremely embarrassed. That was my worst case scenario and I, I could just feel it very physically. So we all have this default path that our brains is very experienced going in and we need to create an alternative path for it to go. Because again, the brain will choose whatever is most familiar. We need to create a really strong visualization, a really strong idea of us doing well in that public speaking event to make it attractive and to make it realistic. So this is a technique, for example, that athletes use a lot. So you may have heard runners talking about how they envision themselves starting the race, running the entire race and arriving first and then hearing the crowds roar and celebrating, and that's their visualization. Or F1 drivers literally going through the entire race and visualizing themselves going successfully for the entire lap. Again, if it's good for athletes, it's good for us as well. And so I try to do a little bit of research to make my visualization as clear and as relevant as possible. So for example, before the panel, what I did was I decided to plan what I'm going to wear. And so I could imagine myself how I'm going to look on the day. I also was very fortunate that I had been to the place where the talk was going to happen. So I knew what the room was going to look like. But if you don't yet know, well, try to ask if, you know, the organizer sent him an email, just what's the capacity of the room? Can you send me a photo? Can I just see kind of what I'll be speaking? Do a little bit of research so you can imagine yourself in that. And if you can't find anything, then imagine yourself in a more generic room so that at least feels relevant. So the important part in here is that you see yourself going on the panel, going to give that talk, whatever it is that you're going to do, and really see yourself doing well. See yourself making eye contact with the audience, see yourself feeling calm, feeling excited, feeling comfortable doing that presentation, doing that talk, and really feel it. Feel it with all of your senses. What do you smell? What do you see? What do you hear? Use all of your senses to make it a really enticing experience. And again, at the very end, Imagine yourself getting a round of applause, whether that is from your colleagues or from strangers. Feel the excitement of that. The more realistic you make that visualization, the more attractive it becomes as an alternative path. And now you have created it. But again, if you have practiced the worst case scenario 500 times and only practiced the visualization once, it's going to be a bit challenging for your brain to pick the visualization, right? And so you have to actually practice that, practice that a few more times. And so what I said on the panel was, it was my first time speaking on the panel, but in my mind, it was the 21st time because I had practiced that same exact scenario 20 times in my head. 
and it really really helped me to know it and it was incredible how close the vision was to the reality of what happened reality was even more exciting but it felt oddly familiar the final thing that I always do before interviews, before speeches, before anything that just makes me a little bit shaky, because again, no matter how much mindset work you do, your body will probably try to give you a little bit of a reaction just to check, do you really want to do this? So something that I use is EFT, emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping, to manage my state before that event. And it takes about five minutes. You can find EFT for literally anything on YouTube or you can send me a message. I'm happy to support with that. But EFT is so powerful, it's so easy and really helps you to decrease your state of anxiety or discomfort. And we don't even need to go from a 9-10 all the way to a zero, right? Because zero is apathy. I really don't care about this. But we want to go from 8, 9, 10 stress level, maybe to a 3 or a 4 manageable pressure, right? That's your operational level. And so for me, I use EFT, five minutes, calm myself down, get myself into it. And it's really, really helped me. And something that another participant in that event, the lovely Trisha, actually shared was 7-11 briefing. So basically you brief on the count of 7 and you brief out on the count of 11. And you do that three times, making sure you breathe through your tummy, not through your chest. And again, it takes one minute, but what it does is that it resets your nervous system. And so you go from the fight or flight mode, you go into rest and digest mode. And again, that really, really helps to get all of your blood back in your brain so you can focus on saying the things you actually want to say and giving the answers that you actually want to give. So all of those things that I shared, all of the mindset shifts and all of those techniques are things that you use before. Because when you get to the actual event, when you actually start speaking, it's quite challenging to really even focus on doing anything. Like you can just be present. And for me, that's the only tip I can give you. Like when you're doing the thing, just be present. And if you find yourself kind of spacing out a little bit, try to focus on finding five things, one for every sense. So what is one thing that you see? What's one thing that you hear? What's one thing that you touch? What's one thing you smell? And what's one thing that you taste? And kind of like naming those five things, can really really help you to just bring yourself back more into the present moment and bring yourself back into your body if you start kind of like shaking and dissociating but outside of that just relax and enjoy it if you've done your work before to manage your state you will naturally find yourself a lot calmer and being able to enjoy the public speaking experience a lot more and finally, after you've done it, it's really important to create kind of a positive finish to that evening. So send a message to a friend or someone that you know is supportive. Share that excitement, share the good feelings, the happiness of actually having done something scary. Feel that encouragement because I think it's really, really important to continue to reinforce that path that public speaking is not just all right, but it's actually quite pleasurable. It's quite exciting. It's quite fun, right? Because your brain operates on the fear versus pleasure and fear is a very strong motivator. So we need to give ourselves a little bit more of enticement towards pleasurable things. And so if you make public speaking exciting and fun, your brain will want to naturally do it more rather than be afraid of it. 
So after that evening, I went home, I got myself a really nice pizza with some olives, I got myself a dessert, just kind of like the whole Italian thing, I made it at home, just sat down on the sofa, watched something really nice, took a bath, it was great, like I just made it into a whole event because I was genuinely really happy and I wanted my body, my brain, like my entire being to remember this event as something quite pleasant, something quite fun, so then the next time an opportunity like this comes... I'm much more inclined to say yes and not necessarily go through the entire cycle of those scary feelings. It doesn't mean that I won't have anything and I'll probably have to come back even to this episode and re-listen and do some of the things I tell myself to do. But it's something that can really, really become easier the more you do it. And so everything I shared today were all the things that they used to help me to speak in front of 70 people and actually enjoy it. I had a very positive response from the audience, people coming to me to share that they found it inspiring and they found it helpful. And so if this is something that you really want to do, I would definitely suggest giving some of the tips a try. Think about the things that they shared around why your brain works and just notice yourself going through those emotions. This is probably the best thing you can do before any sort of event and as always remember that growth is uncomfortable so keep putting yourself into challenging and uncomfortable situations and you will see that sometime from now you won't be able to recognize the version of yourself that you've become. That was everything for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and found something valuable for yourself. If that's the case, definitely send me a message on Instagram or LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you and I will see you in the next episode.